What is up? The sixth man, we are back with our second installment of Fans Corner. And who do we have in front of us? But, well, someone who's going to rival Ed in terms of following the magic <laughs> is, my, is my good friend, James, the Cobra Ultra. How are you doing, my man? Hello. Hello. Uh, good evening. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Looking yes. forward to this. I love that. Shuffling <laughs> forward in anticipation. Yeah. So... As, as I said before, Ultra is a fan of the Orlando Magic, so we're going to be breaking them down, talk about their past, their present, and what's coming up in the future. But first off, we want to talk about you, yourself, and your background of how you got into basketball. Would you like to tell us a bit about that? Well, Alex, I'm pretty sure that you'll know all about this because you are pretty much the reason why I got into basketball. This is why I brought you on the pod. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's about, uh, like, it's like 12 years ago now, because it was about, I remember, I think we're in year nine, so definitely like 12 years ago. Um, sort of us hanging around with you out on the playground, sort of like by the basketball nets. So sort of, I think we're with Pi and like Brandon Farrell and all that. And uh, yeah, obviously I was the only one there like without a team. So I had to pick someone and sort of going down the list, uh, a couple of players that stood out to me. Uh, some small names. I don't know if you know Dwight Howard or uh, Vince Carter. DH39. Like, DH39. <laughs> it was literally those two players. I Because back then, social media kind of wasn't big at all for all the players on that. And uh, so sort of looking online, obviously the standout dunk from Vince Carter in the Olympics. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. This guy's sick. It's like, it's like, what teams do he play for? Oh, he plays for Orlando. And he starts in plays of Dwight Howard. And it's like, man, what teams do you play for? Oh, it's Orlando. It's like, this is going to be my team then. Was the, I mean, uh, was the first year you uh, followed Orlando the year that they'd just gone to the finals? Or was 2012? Oh, no, that, 2012 was a couple of years after. Yeah. Um, so that year when we had Dwight and Vince when I picked them that was when they went to the finals but I wasn't I couldn't say that I was following them at all it was just like you know it's just like oh I'll pick a team I'll pick Orlando and it's just like oh they're doing well it's, I wasn't really following it it was the next year that I actually started like following it properly and but I mean for the UK being in school it's like the only way that you can watch games is catching up in the morning on like NBA.com. They had like the, yeah, they had like the three minute condensed uh, videos on YouTube. Yeah. So like that, (laughs) that that, that was literally the only time I could follow it because obviously I had school the next day and games are at like midnight minimum. Unless it was like a weekend, you could stay up if you found like a stream. So I mean, it was was hard, but I mean- We've spoken about We've spoken about the Daily Zap before. I'm not sure if you remember, Alex. Uh, I used to watch the Daily Zap as well, just to familiarise myself with players and teams. And I always, and I said this at the time, the one thing that always stuck out to me was that Gerald Wallace was getting buckets for the Bobcats. That's just one thing that every single day I saw it was Gerald Wallace was getting buckets for the Bobcats. No idea why. He was just the guy that stuck out to me. Um, but yeah, I do remember those Daily Zap videos. And that is the way I think a lot of people our age when they were younger was consuming NBA content and trying to understand the league. I mean, go on about uh, Dwight leaving, who is obviously like one of your 
introduction to the sport? Like, how did it, yeah. it feel? It was very painful because um, he and is still really the only star player that I've ever watched the Magic have. And it's, I don't know, I think it's going to be a while until I can, I, we'll get onto Vucevic later, but I don't know, there's something about watching Dwight uh, in his sort of prime back then. It's just like, I don't think I'll see that for a long time again, really. But I, my sort of, me following the magic, that was only like, I only really followed Dwight properly for like two years. So him leaving obviously hurt a lot but what actually hurt more was a week later, uh, Robin Van Persie left Arsenal. Oh no! So, it's a double whammy. <laughs> but, so, so oh, the, the people God. watching who don't follow football or soccer, uh, Van Persie is a player who was like probably the man. He, was he was the, the man. Best, yeah, he had been my favourite player for like seven years up until that point, seven or eight years. He literally, yeah, it was eight years because... Um, he was carrying he had, Arsenal. He was carrying Arsenal through those, his last couple of seasons there. He was the only good thing going for Arsenal. Yeah. And he had, like, throughout his career, he was always been my favourite player, but he was always injured. He would come on for a few games, like, he'd be amazing, and then he'd be injured. And then, like, he has these two seasons kind of like when I was following Dwight, these two, like the last two years, they just played out of their mind, like carrying the team. It was so much fun to watch. And then a week apart, they both left. And that could was I, at a time I, when I was like... I was going to ask you a question on that because Pi talked about being an individual fan. So my question to you is, when Dwight left the Magic, were you at a crossroads like, hmm, I could either follow Dwight because uh, he went to... The Lakers, right? Yeah, that's correct. Went to the Lakers yeah. first. Or yeah. I stay with the Magic. So did you, in your mind, were you making trying to make that decision? Um, not at all, really. Because um, of, uh, I guess, the way that I... Being like a, a football fan, you kind of were brought up like you support a team. So that's kind of what's been instilled to me. So when he left the Magic, it, I never really thought about not watching them at all or following Dwight because here's another thing is like I didn't feel like oh I'm, I'm gonna jump ship and I'm gonna follow Dwight still and not watch the magic is kind of for a period of time it was just like fuck Dwight it was just like such a trick to do that so it wasn't like oh I'm gonna follow like his next journey and watch him get a ring it's just like I hate this player so much it's just like when, when they're your favourite and they leave like that, it kind of feels like betrayal. Such a shock with him leaving because of his character. He's such a, a happy and lovable guy. And then all of a sudden, all like the locker room drama started coming out and him not wanting to play anymore. It all happened like kind of so fast. So it definitely felt more betrayed then rather than me being like, oh, I'm, I'm going to move on and follow him still. If going back in time, you could keep one at their respective teams, who would it be? Oh, great question. Well, if I could keep Arsenal Van, with Van, Van Persie. Persie. Yeah. Oh. Uh, because consider Van Persie, it, the team wasn't necessarily built around him. And 
he was what 29 when he went to United so he's still a bit old Dwight had a bit more time around him but I guess the rest of the Orlando squad wasn't necessarily there they were all rebuilding which one would you oh. have done which one would you okay. like to have happened in in hindsight yeah um in hindsight I would have wanted to keep Dwight definitely we like he's that like he's like the kind of player who you looked at and you like you want him to play his you want him to have his entire career in Orlando and be like loved that was the kind of player that he was shall we get into some quick fire questions about the magic itself let's start off with who do you think is the greatest player of all time for the Orlando magic okay this is hard cuz i I'm not really much of a history person, so I'm I'm going to be massively skewed skewed towards what I've seen, and I'm going to have to say Dwight. Dwight, any yeah. any reason why? Like, as in why you would pick him? Like I said, you sort of got massive names like T Mac, Shaq, but like I can I I was never watching it at that time. And you can look up sort of their videos online of them being a monster, but you never really get a feel for them all the time because for a lot of players, you could just YouTube them and you'll have like highlight reels and they'll look insane. I mean, they were insane, but it makes them look better than they are on like a game by game basis. But sort of watching Dwight night in and night out, it's like, it's got to be him. Tell that to Bray. Especially because he, <laughs> he, he did also win quite a few individual awards as well with the Defensive Player of the Years and arguably being yeah, the best entry in the time period. Yeah. Three times in a year. Three times in a year. And, <laughs> yeah, Damn. And... That's how good he was. Yeah, he's been it three uh, times. <laughs> three straight years. Yeah, we three, get you. Three, years three, three straight years. And that was... Because this stems from my hatred of the Bulls and Derek Rose. <laughs> praise. <laughs> praise, I do. Yeah, yeah. Come, 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 come back to Silk Prey, the Heat fan. <laughs> so that, that year, um, 2010 to 2011, when he won his third de- defensive player of the year in a row and was literally everything about our team, he didn't win MVP because of the Bulls the had a better record than us. And... D Rose. D Rose was all the talk at the time. He he had such a good like such good supporting cast around him. Like the Bulls were probably the best defensive team at the time as a team. But sort of Dwight being like for for how I see MVP, it's if you take that player out of the team, uh, how well do they play? And I think if you took Dwight out of that team, we would be like a lottery team. So who's been one of your personal favourite Magic players of all time? Who's your favourite? Someone that's got a special place in your heart that's not named Michael Carter Williams. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, all-star player called Daniel Orton. Don't know if you've heard. Oh my God. Uh, Okay, so... For... I guess for I've got two picks because getting me into it was Dwight and sort of following those years, watching a player who's so good that teams like strategy is all around stopping him. And then on the other hand, I've got sort of at that time the sort of betrayal from it all. I mean, 
as the years have gone on, like I'm detached from it. I'm well over him leaving us now. And I actually like watching him play well for the Philly, uh, for the Sixers. But then because of like leaving school and being able to get like league pass, I could watch all the game, like every single game. And so we didn't really have a good draft the year that Dwight left, but the following year was when we drafted Oladipo. Mm. And what a character he is, man. He's so fun to watch. So look, like behind the scenes, it's a lovable guy. So everyone loves the everyone loves his singing. It's just like you can't not like him. And he he played so well for us. And I really wanted him to sort of continue and grow. Really hard to pick between them. Obviously, Dwight is the much better player, but as a character and everything, and sort of I still like watching him now. I think I'll go with Oladipo, to be honest. Great pick. Yeah. Also, just a heads up on that. You guys made an awful trade to get rid of him. I mean, was it a backer? Uh, yeah, uh, Sabonis and Oladipo, both of them. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not great. Let's let's talk about somebody who I'm really interested to find this out. Your most overrated player from the, from the Orlando Magic. I'm listening. Can be can be present. Okay. Obviously, can be a pass. This is from your whole time watching it. I've, I have past and present picks for this. Okay. okay. So for present, I've got two players. One is a bit more controversial. So I'll get the, the easy overrated one out of the way first, Evan Fournier. Don't think it's, a lot of people I mean, would debate that. But yeah, is that your reasons? He's, he's like, I feel that he's just a good role player on a team who gets too much of like the ball gets given to him way too much I feel in that position I feel like we really need someone who can take over a game and help Vucevic out because he's really our carry at the moment we don't really have a carry in guard or a small forward I really feel if we had a better player in that position um, we could go far but Fournier he's I see online sort of and reporters and that they big up Fournier like oh he could be an all star like last year they were hyping him up to be like all star worthy and I don't see that at all I, th- I think he I think he really needs to go to be honest so Con- that that's contract year though isn't it? Of his contract yeah, yeah so yeah. damn okay was on what, yeah. 26, 26 mil he's got he's got a big salary cap here. It's it's hard to tell though because the salary caps increase. Like, is that worthwhile? Worthwhile? Like, Ultra, I think you made a great yeah. point with the whole role player thing. I think on a championship team, a contender, he slips in on the bench. Yeah, he, a good, yeah, yeah. I think it'd be really good Ooh. coming off the bench. No, I think it'd be really good. I think that's a bit harsh. Um, being like a, a a third a third option on a good team, I think he'd have his chance, but yeah. not being like. A first or second player, Alex. In, cr- in crunch time, so we've spoken about this on our pub before. In terms of 
at the end of the game when you go ISO ball and just want your best player to get a bucket. That's what we do with Fournier. We give him the yeah. ball at the end and say, go make a bucket, which isn't a role that would necessarily suit him. And like no. he is putting that just because there's no one else around him. He's only, apart from Terence Ross, he's the only real guard that can create like that. Or Pluk. AG yeah. can't really create like that. Terence Ross has just got those wacky shots and you give it to Fournier, like go do something. Um, and yeah, I, I get what you mean in that episode. But I think bench play is a bit harsh. That's really harsh. He can definitely be a spot up shooter and can create at times, but I think he is overqualified for his role right now in Orlando. Definitely, for sure. And my, I think my controversial pick for current players, and he is my current favorite player for the Magic, and I'm, I'd say Gordon. Wow. Okay. It, it's like it's hard to say because. I love him. I love watching him, but and obviously being so good at dunking, he's drawn a name to himself. And I feel people think that he's better than he is, but I feel like he can get to the level that people think he should be. Because he's even like watching him before we drafted him and seeing like his sort of high school mixtapes and that and like Baller's life. He's like, he's a point guard in a big man's body. He's like, he, he feels like when you're watching him, he can be this like point forward. And I mean, with Fultz's injury, actually getting that role now. And I love it. I love watching it. And I think it's going to be great for his career. So with that opportunity, and I really hope that it can help him blossom into that kind of Ben Simmons kind of role. Defensively, I think he's great. Offensively, I think to get to the next level, he really needs to work on his shooting and his shot selections because he looks like and he feels like he could be really good in the post. But he like he backs down and he takes so many like fadeaway jumpers when obviously you know his strengths are driving like Duncan. He doesn't drive much. He's like he. He thinks that he's a better shooter than he is. So if he actually worked on getting like a really good shot, I think he could be a great player for us and maybe get to an all-star level, especially with him. So kind of being our backup point guard now. In our, so the way that we play him now, he starts as a forward with Cole Anthony as point guard. And then we sub him off first and then we bring him back out as a point guard in the second unit. And yeah, I think this can really help him. But at the moment, I think he's sort of, he's regarded as a better player than what he actually does. Aaron Gordon, if you're listening, we know you've been robbed twice of a, of a dunk contest champion. And we all know you are the true <laughs> winner. And I'm still angry at Dwayne Wade for, for depriving you of that. It's an absolute joke. Okay. That's me being serious. I'm, I'm out of serious mode now. With Gordon? It's very interesting to see the national media reaction to him because it's the same thing they say about him every year. Like, yeah, he's got all this potential. If you were to take the past three or four yeah. years, what they've said about Gordon preseason, it's exactly, exactly the same thing. It's he's, mad. Yeah, I, he's like a really good young player. Yeah, a really good player. He just needs to improve his three-point shooting or just needs to be more, more consistent. Yeah. That's the Every single year, that's what they say about him going into the season. And also, I think one of the things that people always say about him in Orlando is there's just got so many forwards. He should be playing the four. He should be playing the four, et cetera, et cetera. But with J.I. there and some of the signings they made before with Ibaka, 
he's been shifted up to three. So he has to develop that consistent three-point shot, which he hasn't had time to think at the start of the season. I mentioned on the pod, he was like 15% from three-point after three weeks in. Um, he did have a really good game, though, <laughs> like shooting the three. It's yeah, weird. exactly. Con- consistency is Orlando's downfall, really. It, if I was to, sort of going back to the overrated now, moving on from Gordon, if I was to pick someone overrated for previously, um, I'd probably go Tobias Harris. Like, I, th- I think, <laughs> and we've got a Sixers fan on here. He'll tell you all about how much he loves Tobias. He's, he's another player that the media loves to big up. Like, oh, Tobias Harris, he's having the all-star caliber season. It's like, I feel like he's just another kind of like Fournier player. He's like, he's not as good as what someone in his role should be doing. Just all this to buy Hannah Slander. To be fair, he did have a really good, um, I think it was half a season, however long it was at the Clippers. He was playing really, really well there. So I'm going to give him credit for that before he wants to start smashing him. But anyway, on a, on a much lighter tone, um, who is one of your most, one of the most underrated players in your opinion? Okay, so I'll get uh, this out of the way early because I want to talk about my next one more. But for not on the roster now, but someone in the past who I feel was really underrated was Aaron Aflalo. Back in... Um, Good throwback. I think it was, yeah, back, back in like 2013 to 14. Now, he is in the same kind of role as Fournier is right now. But he was sort of someone who you could give it to in crunch time and he would be clutch. He'd take over. And I feel like he was... So similar to how so Fournier gets picked up, like, oh, he could be having an all-star level season. The same was kind of being spoken about with Aflalo, and he never was. He was snubbed. I think it was so harsh. Because, and like, that was our uh, Oladipo's rookie season as well. And I think the two of them in the backcourt played so well together. And he was someone who, on the team right now, is someone we'd lack, like, really badly someone who you can just give the ball to and they'll nail a free it's like if if you leave them open bam it's just like it's in whereas like you look on our team now it's like you give the ball to like gordon in the corner it's going to be a bit spotty give it to fournier you're probably going to miss it might make it it's just like here's the kind of most reliable almost reliable three-point shooter is our center yeah <laughs> and now moving on to the most so, quick, quick, quickly on Aaron Aflalo, I remember he came back. So I, I wasn't watching Aaron Aflalo back then um, when he was in his peak form, but I remember when he did come back a couple of years later. And I remember he got into a fight with was it Bielitsa? Oh God, he got into that. a fight with the oh, with the with one of the Timberwolves big men. He got in a, a specific. I remember, it must have been fun, with Orlando. Fun fact about Aaron Aflalo: he went to the same school as Kendrick Lamar, and Kendrick yeah, Lamar. Song name drops him in the song which is really yeah. cool but yeah go on then um i just remember aaron aflalo get getting into a fist fight with <laughs> that's just that's just my memory of aaron aflalo but yeah as you were saying our most reliable three-point shooter right now in the squad our oh. most reliable three-point shooter in the squad i feel like one of the most underrated players in the league although he did get an all-star appearance i still feel like he's right now in the magic he's like with the faults and Jonathan Isaac injury, he's like 
I almost feel really bad for Vucevic that because I feel like with um, Isaac and Fultz, we could have a decent push for the playoffs with them back and healthy. You never know. But I feel like Vuce, I feel so bad for him because he's insane right now. No one talks about him. He's like the sole focal point of our team. He's like, he's playing better than he ever has now. He's developed such a good three-point shot. I think he's shooting like six threes a game at the moment. And uh, so I've got a little uh, stat here. Most hook shot attempts per game since 1996. He is fourth. Wow. So, Who's ahead of that's for, uh, Alex, can you guess? Can you guess who's ahead of oh, sorry. Alex? Sorry, for totals, for total, he is fourth, but in per game, he's actually second since 1996. That's when shots. he started recording. That's when they started recording the stats for hook shots. Can you guess who the three players ahead of him are? Shaq. Well, yep. yep, he's number one. Uh, Tim Duncan? No. Okay, I'll do one more guess. Um, let's, say, let's say Akeem. No, 1996. No, that's way too early. So, to- for totals, Dwight is at top. Oh, Dwight, of course. Dwight is at top, then it's Shaq, then it's Pal Gasol, and then it's Vucevic. But for, that's for totals. But then per game, it's Shaq, then Vucevic, then Dwight. So, also, I mean, that's, it, it's not even also, close as well. It's literally not even close. Vooch um, is only like 300 behind Paul Gasol and he gets an average of three a game. So roughly yeah. he's about uh, two seasons away from being third. So the top three will be Dwight, Shaq and Vooch, which is lovely. You love to see it. Something that you said you were already really passionate about is talking about your all-time Magic starting five. So who would be your lineup? Okay. Uh... There's some quite easy picks, and one of them which I feel would be controversial, maybe. Uh, so, for point guard, I'll say Penny Hardaway. Nice. For shooting guard, I feel like it's quite an easy pick. Shooting guard, I'm going to go with T Mac. Nice. For our small forward, that, that's a hell of a backcourt, by the way. That's actually insane. If, yeah. you, if you imagine the two of them together. Uh, for small forward, there's, I feel there's no uh, real like standout, insane small forward for us. But I'm going to give it to someone who has played the most amount of games for us all time and who's also a good three-point shooter. I'll go with Nick Anderson. Hey. I feel like he has to be on it, just a homage to being our sort of lead-in player. Now, for power forward... I'm going to give it to Vucevic. I see, like, space how, the floor. Yeah, with how he's playing right now, I feel like him being a power forward for a defensive centre would be insane. Because like I was saying about his hook shots, he's a, he's a beast in the post, mid-range, he's automatic, and now he's nailing, like, he's our most reliable three-point shooter. That's insane. Like, how do you even guard that? But what he does lack on is defense, which if you have a defensive anchor behind him, it, there's no downside to it. And now here's the controversy. 
it's either do I pick Shaq or do I pick Dwight? And I mean, going back to what I said, I never watched Shaq sort of in his prime. And I feel like he's, he's a bit of too much of a toxic character to want to, I mean, you watch the sort of clips of him destroying backboards and he's just an absolute bully. But I think for a sort of team chemistry thing, maybe, and how much I like him and sort of grew up watching him, I think I'll give it to Dwight as our centre. Who is the most valuable on the team? I was thinking about putting aside from Vucevic because I think that he's quite an obvious option. But I think for the neutrals, I think he, he probably needs a bit more praise. But it's up to you. Who you think is the most valuable on the current roster? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the easy pick is for how well he's playing Vucevic. Um, he's insane. But for sort of for potential, I think Jonathan Isaac, I think has the highest potential of all our players. But I don't know if you could, and the same is for Fultz, the season that Fultz is having is such a shame. And it's so hard to say who our most valuable is because are they going to be as valued with their injury records now? Both of them having ACL injuries, it's awful. And I don't know if that's going to affect them in the future. But I feel like if Isaac was never injured, if he didn't have his two knee injuries, I think like he would be our most valuable player. Because mm. before the, his injury, he was playing, I think it's only his sophomore season, he was all NBA defence level. is ridiculous. Like his speed and length, like his instincts, is crazy. And he could also shoot. Isaac was one of the lead leaders in both blocks and steals before he got injured he was getting a lot of very good defensive positions and turnovers for the magic but then you got the injury yeah. which again just was a further roadblock in his career yeah for sure yeah he, he wasn't leading either of them i think he was in like the top five for yeah blocks. top five yeah one of the league leaders yeah and and like 10th in steals or something but combined he was leading the nba oh that's and right then, combined he was yeah. first that's correct yeah, yeah combined he was first i'm saying Vucevic, but if i can't pick Vucevic, it'll be isaac Nice. Cool. So you're on a night out in Orange County. Who would be the one player you want to go on a night out with? Uh, okay. I'm actually inspired by your pick. Um, like way back at the start of the podcast, I think when you were asked it, I feel like I would rather go on someone like a, a smaller player because so someone who's not going to stand up too much. I mean, you go out with a seven-footer, there's going to be so much attention, it's going to be a bit too high profile. So not more uh, bumble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's between, I think it'll be between two people, uh, either Cole Anthony or Fultz. I feel like both of them are really likeable guys. Um, from what I've seen of Cole Anthony, he cracks me up. I don't know if you've seen his interview from like a couple oh, of bet. games ago. Oh, oh, bet. oh, oh bet, bet. Uh, he cracks me up. Uh, he's like, he seems really keen as well. He's a rookie. Yeah. He's going to want, he's going to want to experience a lot. I think I'll go with Cole Anthony for my pick. Nice. Cole, playing play well, hit the game winner. Um, if you're on a team, who's the player you would be most likely to get in a fight with? <laughs> 
okay, there's we've got a lot of useless players, I feel like, who are getting more minutes than they deserve. Hold your tongue, Ed. <laughs> so there, there there could be a few there could be a few picks like Gary Clark, Jordan Bone. I feel I feel like I'd get in a fight with I feel like I'd get in a fight with Jordan Bone because of he's a kind of he plays like he's Terence Ross, but he's worse. He can't hit the shots that Terence Ross can, like can fluke. But I feel like uh, after a timeout I would like flame him so hard for taking these terrible shots. Who is a non-all-star you would want the Magic to trade for? Who's a nice little piece that we could do with? Okay, um, I touched on it earlier. Uh, we need like a, a wing or a shooting guard who can carry. Someone to help Vucevic out, like leave some of the pressure on him. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a bit cheating, like someone like Jalen Brown, because he's definitely going to be an all-star this year but he's not at the moment. <laughs> uh, that, that's like a, a seriously easy pick. You know, Ulcha loves a player with athleticism. <laughs> yeah, guy can definitely yeah. got a bit of bounce. Yeah. Um, uh, sort of, he, he, another guy who lit up the playoffs, Jamal Murray. I don't know if he'll be an all-star this year because he's not playing at that playoff level, but he's someone who can create his own shot. I feel like, can and can, and can work with a big as well. Yeah. Had really good chemistry with work, Jokic. Yeah, working with Jokic. This week has probably been the Magic's most exciting week. You've had three really close games. Obviously, two didn't go the way of the Magic. You talk about the Co-Anthony fading away Buzzbeer, which was insane. And then obviously... Even, yeah. Yeah, that game, that game was a complete fluke because he, was, he wasn't on the floor for the end of that game. It was actually, I think, Terrence Ross. And Terrence Ross fouled out. And then Cole Anthony came in, and then he hit a massive three before that to get us even close to it, and then he hit the game winner. Wow. Talk so, about taking his opportunity, though. But um, what Ed was uh, talking about, like, how do you think the season has gone so far? Big shame with Fultz going down with the ACL. I, I, to be honest, I think that's turned the season for the Magic. Like, it was... It was looking yeah. really good for you guys, and this is sort of just taking the air out of the tires a bit. Yeah, it's. I feel like we should tank now because of it and try out new stuff. I mean, we're definitely not like playoffs. Like I said before, if they were healthy, I think we could have a decent run in the playoffs. At the moment, is we're awful to watch. Really, I think we're like one of the worst teams in offense. Uh, we're not really sharing the ball either. No one's really doing, creating much. Carl Anthony's like become our stunt point guard now, but he's not um, a facilitator. He's like a pure scorer. And so if we're seeing unlikely players like Gordon, who's now, we're experimenting with him being a backup point guard for the second unit. And like Vucevic is creating as well. It's just like, it's weird. So, uh, yeah, I feel like our hopes for this season, like you're saying, is completely deflated. And, I mean, I don't really see the harm in just trying out new stuff 
at the moment, experiment with different lineups, try and find something that works, develop our younger players. Uh, tell me a couple of things that has gone well this season. Give me a couple of highlights and a couple of things that going into this season, since from the start of the season that's been going well, that you've been pleased with. Vucevic uh, shooting threes. He's playing, he's shooting threes like insane right now. That's a massive positive because he's always been good in the post and automatic from mid-range. And now yeah. uh, what, from what I saw with Fultz starting for us, Fultz with his speed, because we've never really had, a thing with Fultz from watching him, he can get wherever he wants to on the court. And we haven't had a point guard like that in ages, because I mean, Peyton was kind of like that, and Vic was, but Vic wasn't a true point guard. So, and sort of, we had Jameer Nelson, who I love. We had him for so many years. And then Augustine. <laughs> yeah. And then Augustine was our point guard. It's like, both of them are the same kind of player. They're not like a zoom, zoom, zoom. So, I mean, like having faults to, like, he just bursts of speed, drives, and then all of a sudden, they step off of Vooch and he just gives it to him. Vooch trailing in, hits a three. It's like, that was so good. Vooch had like so many open threes with Fultz playing. So with Fultz coming back, I feel like his three-point shot's going to get even better. I say Cole Anthony, actually, because he started the season as our backup point guard and he was playing really well off the bench. Uh, against other teams' second units, he was scoring really well. But then with the injury, all of a sudden, he was going up against great the top point guards. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was a massive shock to him. He was like, all of a sudden, playing up against like teams starting defence, I think he struggled a lot. But recently, I don't know if it's confidence or if he's finally finding his feet, but he's been playing really well offensively in our recent games. So if he can keep that up, I think that's a really good thing to take away for the season. If, and he's definitely going to get tons of playing time at the moment. Mr. Ultra, welcome to 24 Second Shot Clock. The way it works is, is that you'll have 24 seconds in a category. I'll say what the category is. And you'll have to name as many things that fits into that category. I'll be vague. Um, <laughs> so the category we're going to do is... Well, it's, it's going to be a bit of an easy one. Magic, they don't have history like most other clubs. I mean, well, yeah. they've only been around, what, 25, 30 years? or well, less than 30 years. So it's going to be Magic all-time points leaders. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be end the top 25. If you get anyone from 20 to 25, that's an offensive rebound. You can only get one offensive rebound. So that's an extra 14 seconds. I will obviously uh, read out the offensive rebound. Uh, just for a point of reference... Number 25 has got 2,700 points. So more or less, if they got more than 2,500 points, they are likely to be on the list. Yeah. I, I, I'm feeling a little bit confident about this because I can just name players that have been for like five years with us and they'll probably That's make it. Positive. They'll, That's they'll what, probably make it. <laughs> you've, got some, you've got a player here who only played for three years and is on the list. So it tells you <laughs> tells you. you know. <laughs> Okay. So, Ultra, your time starts in three, two, one, go. Dwight, Shaq, T-Mac, Penny, um, Oladipo, Gordon, Vucevic, um, Dennis Scott, um, 
Fournier uh, for centre by Harris. Offensive rebound. Um, Jameer Nelson, uh, Richard Lewis, Turkoglu. Fournier, Terence Ross. Oh, do you say stop? I will take oh. Terence Ross as well. I'll take well, Terence wait, Ross. But well. if you get, if you take, all right, we're we're gonna give you Terence Ross. Oh, that was. I think you smashed it. Fifteen is a really good score, and as Alex, Alex can attest, there's a lot of times when names just completely run out. He did not. Do, he has not done well past couple of times. I did get robbed. I did get robbed last week, Ed. Though, let's be real. I did get robbed. I did get robbed. Shout out! Shout shout out to James Wildsmith for only getting five, five (laughs) of the top fifty scorers. I mean, you just had to name every all star. Like (laughs) you literally get there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you showed him up. You showed him up. Fifteen is a great score. I'm happy I, to be honest, I think it's going to be tough to beat. I think it's going to be really tough to beat. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing other people try and beat that. So, Mr. Ultra, 15. That is an amazing score. Kudos to you. I don't think that's Thank going you. to be beaten. I think it's going to be right up there at the end of the season. We'll see how the other fans do. But, again, great to go down memory lane with you, uh, with you and the Magic. And, yeah, thanks for taking the time out to talk to us, man. I look forward to continuing watching the podcast. It's been fun. Thanks. We love that. From the from the sixth man, House Lasku and James Cobra Cobra Ultria. It is over (laughs) and out. Ultra.